Hi, it's dating coach Chris Luna from Craft Charisma. Welcome to the Craft Charisma podcast, our free audio coaching program where we interview the top experts in the world at helping you become the man you've always wanted to be. My guest today is Morten Hogg. Morten is a Norway-based dating and lifestyle coach who specializes in helping men develop inner confidence and be authentic. He's also the founder of the Morton Hogg Summit, a yearly conference that brings together some of the most sought-after minds in the self-improvement and dating world. Morton, I've been checking out some of your videos. They're absolutely awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do? Thank you. Um, well, last uh, six years, I've been going through my, my, my journey of like I going from a dating coach and then kind of like yeah, a lot of people come to me for gen, like general lifestyle advice and then you know getting more interested in like peak performance and psychology and all that and and, and now that like right now I just last like 10 months ago I had a huge breakthrough so right now I'm just talking about that breakthrough to be honest and then uh, and then, um, and then I, that's what I do. I, I travel and, and I talk to people either on Skype or they come and live with us or I do, I do, I do seminars and arrange conferences and workshops. You said a huge breakthrough. I'd be interested to hear about that. So, um, what, what happened? <laughs> uh, well, to say it in very, very, very short terms, I realized that we are living in the feeling of our thought generated experience moment to moment. Um, that's, that's the, that's the, that's the, like the shortest way of, of, of saying it. And when, when people hear it, uh, they might think, well, that's, that's, that's not new. Um, because we tend to like take new information and then fit in, fit it into our already, you know, made up cognitive model of the world. Um, um, but when you on a deep or when people on a deep embodied level understand that we are actually not experiencing something. I mean, our, uh, we're not, we are not affected on it, like, uh, from the outside in, but we are actually creating our own experience with our thoughts moment to moment to moment. And all of a sudden external circumstances, um, and, or people or things happening in your life doesn't become that dangerous anymore. Like you're not afraid of your own experience anymore. After this realization or this epiphany, what, how has this affected your coaching, your instruction? That's a great question. Well, basically it affects all part of my life, all part of my life because, uh, well, realizing that just sends me back more often to the kind of like the flow or what, what we, in the seduction community would call like a good state. Um, so, so it basically means that, uh, I let my innate well-being state, um, come, you know, uh, come back to me more often. So, so in coaching sessions or in my work, it's just, um, for me, uh, it's not, I don't have to perform anymore. I just talk about, uh, what's, uh, what's true for me. And it seems to resonate with a lot of people. And it seems that, you know, the closer people, 
uh, get to just life and life unfolding and the truth behind what how reality works, then the less kind of hinders and problems they create for themselves because they realize it, it, it no longer makes sense to kind of like create mental monsters anymore because you don't want to spend your moments worrying or overthinking or creating problems. So you just spend your moments enjoying life instead and creating or being fascinated or whatever you, you want to do in that moment. I mean, I think what you're saying is absolutely true. And I find this even in the seduction community. Well, not even, I find it constantly in the seduction community because guys create these kind of marketing products or services or whatever, or these constructs, whether it's because they are worried about the expression of ideas or because whatever, there's a, there's a series of like legal and I mean, you could argue ethical reasons where a lot of people talk about the same things and they name them different things. They create these different constructs, but in the end they get people further from the truth in a lot of cases. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I would definitely agree. Well, in essence, there really, really is nothing to do in order to attract women. I mean, you could, you could build up a skill set that would help you to kind of like achieve uh, your goal in a certain way, but connection between men and women is already there as a natural part of life. Like we were born from sex, we are nature and connection simply is there. I know for, I think people can resonate with, uh, like sometimes when they just been in the flow when they just been in the now and just having fun for whatever reason that they have started talking with girls and they have had no introduction. They don't know her name. They don't like that. They, they, they skip the entire awkward part and they just go right into best friends slash you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, it's just like, bam, and it hits and, and, and they don't even know what they've done. Well, it's just them being in line with how life is unfolding. So they're in the flow and life unfolding. It's very attractive. So when you are expressing life, then life attracts life. And then other people attracts to you because you are in tuned with how life is unfolding. So, and then all the, and then all the people look at him and go like, oh, well he did this and this and this, and they actually look at the symptoms instead of the cause. So they go, oh, I need to talk loud and I need to be, you know, be sexual and say this and this to her and, you know, stand like this or wear these clothes. When in fact he was just on automatic acting from the flow of life because he didn't have much overthinking, worrying or mental chattering or ruminating in his head. I understand exactly what you're saying. The, the only challenge I think for some of the listeners, if, and I, and I think I know where you're going to go with this, but I'm interested to see what you say, but for a lot of listeners who are, who are kind of hearing this podcast and, and they're listening to things that you're saying, they're saying, okay, well, that sounds great, but I don't actually know what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Like, I don't know. Okay. So like, I don't know how to go sexual or move things sexual. I don't know. Like, I don't know how to do that. So how, how do people deal with that? What do you suggest? Well, um, well, I believe wisdom's always going to guide people. Like people are always like people in every single moment is always going to do what makes most sense of them. 
like like every single person throughout history has ever has always done in the moment what makes most sense to them um so if it makes sense to them to uh learn how to you know um give women orgasms or you know get a cool uh, style you know i fix my hair i i dress nice i i think myself you know and and it's just an inspired an inspired desire instead of like a draining goal so what i would advise people to do is just to listen to their ins like if they want something ask them ask yourself while they are wanting it is this wanting feeling good or is this wanting something that is not feeling good is it a is it a should or a i am not good enough if i don't have this kind of feeling well then it's just you well then it's just them uh bullshitting themselves because they were born with an innate well-being happiness creativity you know um everything they needed so it's just a trick of the mind like is literally an illusion of thought that they believe that they need something else than what they already have so but that's not to say that you know a skill set in sex is fun i mean i love giving girls orgasms this is a great experience so, so you know so um so, so, so that would be my uh my how my little advice for what people sh- you know could do is just listen to their feeling and then try to take inspired action instead of draining having draining goals that you think you should have because for whatever reason well it's funny because i do think that there's this kind of progression that happens as somebody gets better at this stuff, because I was a guy who wasn't naturally good with girls. Now I've been teaching guys to do it full time for the last six years. But th- some of the stuff that you're talking about, like the idea that I'm going to dress. I mean, I was this morning, I, I got up early and started working. So I'm still in my pajamas. <laughs> but the idea that you dress at like a, you dress as a form of expression, for example, I like this shirt or this hat or whatever, because it, li- mm-hmm. it makes, I like the way it makes me feel, or I, I'm out with a girl and I, a, a woman, yeah. I'm attracted to her. And so I'm, I want to touch her. And so I touch her, right? I'm mean, obviously you just don't touch her anywhere you want. You like look at her reaction and see how she reacts and make a choice on what to do next based on kind of the way, the feedback she's giving you. When you get to the place that you're comfortable with yourself, Right. And comfortable with, I would say the skill sets or whatever. And, and really it's not the skill sets is experience. The way that you get better with women is by being around women. The way that you get sexual, uh, better sexual experiences by having sex with a great sexual partner. The other day I had a conversation with an intern and I was talking about the Kama Sutra. And I remember when I was 20 years old reading the Kama Sutra being like, this is some magical Bible. And now, and now I'm just like, it's fucking garbage because <laughs> the reality is that. Once you've had enough sexual experience, like that, that's that, those books are for guys who like have, don't have any sexual experience and they're trying to get their first sexual experience. So I, I, so the stuff that you're talking about resonates a lot with me, but I do feel like there is this like journey to get there, right? Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, that's that's a cool thing. Well, it, when it it becomes like, well, this can be misinterpreted, misinterpreted, whatever the word is, because. Uh, I'm going to call it a game, but it's not like a game. It's more like a, it's like, if you look at, 
you know, your dating life as something you need to control and you need to manipulate her into bed that, you know, that's obviously we're way beyond that. But when it's like, uh, when you can look at it as a, like a fun game and sort of like building your skills, just as if you were playing guitar or you were learning how to play soccer or, you know, then, then the, you know, the things you, you mentioned, like, you know, you calibrate, you look at them and you get a feel of this and this and when, you know, how you can touch them and compliment or whatever, all that stuff. That's, that's, that's the beautiful balance of, you know, skills and nature or, or like, it's just, that's how you become really, really, really good. You know, when you have both the, like the core confidence and the knowing that you are, you know, that you really, really, really don't need any women to make you happy. But at the same time, you choose to like have fun with it and kind of play with it and like improve your skill set and just have, have fun with it. Yeah. Well, you said at the beginning of this interview, it's really about being in the moment. And it's so hard for guys when they're starting out because they're battling all these internal demons, right? She's going to reject me. Uh, I'm, they reject themselves. They pull in their baggage. And really, you're trying to get to a point, or at least I believe, all the guys are trying to get to a point where they can just just be in the moment, enjoy life in that moment, and then react to the environment Um and when I react, react might not even be the best word because you're not reacting to everything that's going on, but you're like, you're listening with your eyes, your ears and, and, and observing and based on those observations, making choices that's going to define your life. I mean, it makes me think of like a karate movie or something. Yeah. The crazy thing about mom, like being in the moment is that we, with our human experience, we cannot grasp what a moment means, like because we have time our human experience also consists of time, but a moment is actually like, you could call a moment infinity if you want. It's just, we are both creating and experiencing our experience in a moment that we cannot, literally cannot understand. So, uh, so it's like, uh, and a lot of guys like wanting to get to that place where they're in the moment, right? And obviously that's the bad, that's the big question. Like, how do you get in the zone? You know, how do you just get in the zone? How do you do it? How do you do it? Well, the, the bad news is that there is no way to get in the zone. Even the Buddhist Zen Buddhist knows that even him can meditate for hours and not be in a meditative state because the zone is like a meditative state, right? So there's really no correlation between doing anything and being in the zone. So, but the zone is kind of like, it's almost like, it's almost like the sun. It's always there, but sometimes it's cloudy and rainy. And that's like your thoughts and overthinking and worrying that's in the way. But underneath all that, in every single moment, there is an innate, like super, there's a superstar. There's the, there's a party underneath. There's like, there's, there's the, there's the guy you are when you're in your best element, you know, that guy is always there. It's just behind all those chattering. And, and so, so, so the question becomes, yeah. So, so how do you remove all that? Well, well, there's no way to remove it. There's only a way to, <sighs> there's only a way to, to make it 
uh, worse. Like you can, it's like people try to think their way out of overthinking. <laughs> you know, if you try to think your way out of overthinking, you're only adding more thinking to your overthinking. That's literally how it works. So it's like you cannot, uh, there's nothing you can do or there's nothing anyone can do in order to fall back into the flow. That just happens, but it, it will happen because our minds have like a self-correcting system. Just like if you scratch yourself, your body will heal that scratch without you trying, you know, you don't have, you're sitting looking at your scratch going like, Oh, heal, heal, heal. You don't do that. It's just, uh, that just happens. So trusting that self-correcting system and kind of like leaving your mind alone, even though I know that's an application which uh, won't work. So either if you leave it alone or not leave it alone, a deepening understanding of how life is working and that we are constantly living in the feeling of our thinking will have its implication that you fall back into the flow more often. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think this is great. Um, it made me think of something that's slightly unrelated and I would love your thoughts on it. I take tons of classes and all kinds of stuff for fun, for personal development, just because I like them and I love them, right? And um, a couple of years ago, I went through an acting conservatory for a summer just to do it. The teacher was fucking brilliant. The guy's absolutely brilliant. And in, during the acting class, he said, there's some points in your career if you guys ever decide to, any of you guys ever to go into acting professionally, there's some points in your career where you're just going to be on. He's like, everything is just going to happen. You're going to be exactly what you describe. Uh, you're going to be in the zone. And he told me that they told, well, not just me, he told the, the class, a small group of like seven or eight of us, a story about uh, that he had heard about a very famous British actor who had played, I, I think it was Hamlet from my memory. Um, like one of the greatest uh, characters in all of literature, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of actors kind of fantasize about playing Hamlet. And he played Hamlet in front of, from my memory, it was Hamlet in front of all these other really famous actors. And that night he was just absolutely on. I mean, 100% absolutely on. And they went backstage and he was crying, crying hysterically. Hmm. And uh, one of the actors who was another very famous actor who had played the part before came up to him and said, why are you so upset? You just gave the performance of your life. And he said, I know I did. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to do it again. <laughs> and so the teacher of my class had said, you know, there's going to be moments in your life when you're just on. And those are the moments that we cherish. Those are the moments that we strive for. But all this technique stuff that we're doing is for those moments when we're not 100% on, we're 95% we're on, we're 80% on, and we're trying to figure out how do we get our, our mind or our emotions into this place. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, definitely. That's magic. And it is magic when you're like, when you are on, it's just, it, it seems like magic, man. It's like things happen and stories unfold that it's just like, what? How did that even happen? How did I... It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's magic. Cool story. <laughs> yeah. And I, it, it, it's funny because I thought about so many different applications in my life. Even, I mean, one of the first things that comes to mind is like the Olympics, right? So you train and you train and you train and you train to perform at your best, but there's only that one time where you're going to break the world record, or there's that one time that you're going to do like some type of like triple quadruple flip on your snowboard or something right? and, la and land it in front of the entire world. There's a coach called Michael Neal and he, in, in, I think it was him who interviewed some of the top um, performers and 
performances in Olympics or something. And he asked them, what do you, after they achieved something great, like, what do you, what do you think about? How do you do it? Like, what was your mental state? And most of them either answered like, you know, not much. <laughs> I was just, I don't, or some of the, and others, they, they answered, I don't know, to be honest. So it's funny how that works, right? It's just like, we're like a flesh vehicle of life magic unfolding. And we're like, okay, this is happening. You know, when in this, in the zone, you're like, you don't even know that you're talking. You're just like <laughs> observing your own, you know, speech, uh, happening. Yeah. 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 That's when the yeah. stories become really, really good. Right. Well, I have a good friend of mine. He's a musician, right? He's a great musician. And he told me, cause I recorded the song and, uh, and then later on I, I started playing it and we released it on our album and people started coming up to me and they're like, they're like fanboys or what groupies or whatever. And they're like, what were you thinking when you wrote this riff or, and they're, they want these answers. And he goes, he goes, I, I feel like I should tell them something really profound, but really I was thinking it sounded cool. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. Because he really, yeah, because he was listening. He was like observing himself yeah, creating really, it and all that stuff. Like cool. I thought it sounded cool, <laughs> but uh, he goes, "Yeah, I feel like I should tell them something really important." And now, anytime I hear an uh, interview with a musician and they ask him something like that, I think like they probably just sounded thought it sounded cool if they wrote it themselves because that's how we all make music or we all make like we create anything in our life, right? Dating coach Chris Luna here. This is the perfect time to take a quick break to talk to you about three simple things that you can do to dramatically change your life. First, listen to this entire podcast and then subscribe through SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. This way you'll immediately be notified every time we share a new release. If you listen and apply the ideas we discuss on these podcasts, it will change your life forever. Second, go to craftchrisma.com, create an account, and become a member of our community. There you can read articles, listen to podcasts, watch videos, ask us questions, and document your journey in our forums. Great men don't become great on their own. All great men are members of a community, and Craft Charisma is your community. Finally, if you're serious, and I know that you are, about making massive changes to your life as quickly as possible, check out our live coaching programs on our website, Craft Christmas Live programs are the fastest way to improve your dating and social life. And who knows? Attend our live programs, let us get to know you, and you may end up as a member of the Craft Christmas team. Again, thank you for listening. Now back to the podcast. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And 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 like Well, and it's just one misunderstanding, you know? It's just people believe that their feelings comes from outside of them. Like they come, it comes feeling, they believe that they're feeling the rejection when in reality they're feeling a thought generated experience. And like literally they're feeling rejection thinking like rejection, like every thought comes with a feeling just like a flip a coin comes with the heads and tails. It's literally that simple. And when it's like, and I, and I keep reminding, I have to remind people this in sessions and I do like, I did three sessions yesterday, two today, 
uh, I think three before the day before there. And I'm like sitting there for three hours, reminding people, reminding, reminding, reminding you're living in the feeling of your thinking. Like again and again. And all of a sudden you see like, poof, yeah. you know, they get it. Holy shit. Really? Like, and even now, even right now and right now and right now. And it's just, it, it's not weird that we feel bad when we are ruminating in our heads because we have ruminating feeling like every thought comes with a feeling. So there's a lots of, you know, thinking and going on. So you feel all that. It's like a, it's like a volume knob, you know, with thoughts per minute or something. And then, you know, when it's down and low, there's like clear mind, you got all the answers, you know, it's very easy to choose A or B, you know, it's like you're, you feel very like calm or, or energized, but in a calm way kind of, and it just like, seems like it's all good. And then, and then thought comes and then you build on thoughts and then you hang on to a thought and ruminate and start overthinking and worrying and then worrying about worrying. And then should it, I should be this, should be that. And, and then you're feeling that and people mistake like a strong people mistake an intense feeling as in a feeling that's something important. An intense feeling is just a, an intense thought. It's not necessarily important. You don't need to hold on to it. Wisdom will always like show you what's important and not important. That made me think a, a little bit about associations. So sometimes will experience something, right? And we'll associate negative emotions with it and then we'll grow and later on we'll not associate negative uh, emotions with it. And I'll, I could use approaching women, for example. So like for guys who are starting out, oftentimes they'll experience approaching a woman with a lot of negative experiences because they're scared, they're worried about rejection, they're inside their head. And they go through this process of development that we're describing here and then Three months later, six months later, two years later, whatever, how long, ever long this kind of journey takes for them, a personal growth, they suddenly associate massive, uh, massive, massive positive emotions with going out and meeting women or meeting people because that's the basis for a kind of maximum fulfillment, right? Like we are, so much of our life is the quality of the people that we have uh, around us. I, do you have any kind of thoughts on this ideas? I love, you know, when I see that in, in clients, you can see that true shift. That's the magic. That's why we're doing this, right? Yeah. You can see like someone going from like being super in like way in their head before they talk to someone and then going to be like, Oh, when can we like, look at this and then just running up to people. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, the funny thing is that, um, we tend to divide, like we tend to run from painful experiences and try to make them into pleasurable experiences, which is, uh, which is, that's, you know, that's part of life's game, which is fun though. I would add that painful experience is not dangerous at all. Like it's just pain and pleasure is a polarity that doesn't really exist. Like in, in, in reality, every happening, every thought, everything is neutral. It's just because we have our human experience that we experience it as pain or pleasure, which is fine. Uh, but I just wanted to like add like painful 
for people who like have a painful experience, if they want to talk to girls or something, a painful experience is not dangerous. And you would be surprised at how fun it can be afterwards and how fast you can grow from actually, you know, playing with it and taking action on it. I think you're right. I mean, I, I want to, I would, I would say the only clarification I would make, I would say emotional an emotionally painful experience. Like if you get hit by a car, it's still an experience that hurts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would agree, agree with that. Yeah, something that you, something else you talk a lot about is you advocate loving yourself and feeling secure as being one of the foundations developing inner confidence. Can you, you go into more detail about that? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, there's this. Uh, well, it's basically a realization. It's a realization uh, that, um, like, uh, let's do a thought experiment. Like, where do we come from? Like, where do we come from? That's a cool question, <laughs> and it has no answer. And then, and then you can go like, where does whatever we came from come from? Like if you go one step back and then where does that come from? And you kind of sooner or later, you kind of stretches your own, you stretch your own understanding so much that it's, you hit the boundary of your own understanding. Like we don't know what's outside of infinity, you know, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. we can't see, we, we can't even comprehend a color that we cannot see, you know, it's just like that. So we come from somewhere that is outside of our understanding. Um, and then, and then we get, uh, you know, a tunnel vision called human, you know, with three dimensions, there's form here and there's, uh, you know, we, we speak, you know, and, and we have language and all that. And, um, and, uh, and then we go about our lives. So realize kind of like, and then we have, you know, yeah. So kind of like realizing that where we come from is, has to be nothing. It has to, or it has to, for us within our understanding, it has to be nothing because that's where we end up. So, and you can't have, you literally can't have two nothingness because it's the same thing. So that means we are literally all the same. Like we come from the same place, um, and that realization, and then the feeling of when you are in line with nature and there's very few thoughts, you can kind of like tap into, uh, or you're being tapped into just that life force that I'm talking about or whatever, you know, people have tons of different names for it. doesn't matter, but whatever is right for you, that life force, um, is very secure and safe and, and like uh, calm, happy. Uh, it's just a, you know, creative. It's just a, I can't even describe it because it's outside of my understanding literally. But, uh, that, that when you kind of like tap more and more into that, just through the realization and through this deepening of this understanding, then, then that in itself results in a very core confidence because you know that, you know, um, nothing in this human experience can truly have a real effect on your core self. Um, 
And that's really empowering. So when people have this realization, uh, they go, holy fucking shit. Um, I've been living in a misunderstanding my entire life. And then, and then that's little, that's what a paradigm shift is. It's fresh new thought that they haven't had or, or they remember something they knew kind of when they were born, but couldn't express kind of, or, so it's like, they know it's true and, um, it just uh, feels good and it's new thought. So it's a new paradigm, it's just like a paradigm shift. And then, and when you see it, that's like, just like, or you could call it having a huge insight. So, so it's just like when you work with people and you see them have insights, you know, that's, you know, the breakthrough, same thing. Uh, and, and, you know, when you have a breakthrough or a big insight, then literally everything changes, like every aspect of your life gets better in one split second. In that moment, the new thought comes to you. I mean, it makes me think of, I mean, it's the same concept, but Plato's allegory in the cave, right? Yeah. And so most of, if, if there's someone out there and they're not familiar with the idea of what a paradigm shift is, there are a lot of words for it, but there's a great story that Plato wrote a couple thousand years ago called the allegory in the cave. And in the story, he has a bunch of people and they're chained and they're, they're chained up and they're facing a wall and all they see is these kind of shadow puppets, right, on the wall, or they see these shadows on the wall. And so they start naming the, the, the shadows, they start describing them, they start creating emotional associations with these, these shadows because these shadows are real. And then at some point, somebody unchains one of the people, or they get free somehow, and they turn around and they say, oh, wait, there's somebody with puppets behind me actually making these shadows. And so he sees, uh, this person sees a better truth. Um, and their, their world completely shifts. They have a paradigm shift. Uh, then at some point they go through another one because they, they go up, uh, up above ground outside of the cave and they see again, shadows on the ground. And then they go through the same process where they're learning, their eyes are adjusting. They're having the ability to look up at the sun and they see, wait, there's actually birds that are making these shadows. And so each of these phases is another shift. So if you're listening to this, uh, you're not, familiar with this term, what you're talking about is so important because we all do this. We call them insights, paradigm shifts, realizations, but they shatter our worldview um, and they change who we are as people. Mm. Yeah. Cause you can't like unsee something you've seen, right? It's just like, well, then everything's changed. You know? Yeah. When people see that they're feeling their thinking, well, then they can never believe that uh, when, and then they, and they see that on a profound level. So they know that it's true. It's almost like remembering. That's why they know it's true. And, uh, and when you, when, when that happens, you no longer are affected on the same level by your experience. That can mean like other people or happenings or rejections or like this realization would kill approach anxiety. Like, trust. It's just, <laughs> I know it cause I've been through it and I've seen tons of people do the same. And it's just, it's literally magic. Well, you're talking about general truths, right? And when I talk about general truth, I mean, it's that, I mean, there's so many elements of it. It's when you see yourself in somebody else and you know that it's true, like without a doubt, mm -hmm. it's something 
beyond it's so beyond surface it's so innate uh, that it's just you, it just resonates and it might be this could be an experience that you had or somebody else had that gets you emotional it could be a story that you read you could be watching a movie um, that's what good literature does you read somebody like Hemingway or Steinbeck or Gabriel Marquez and, and there's there's guys uh, or gals a lot of these people especially people who have like won the Nobel Prize for literature for example they tend to be people who consistently write about general truths, Mark Twain. Um, and so you read, I mean, even in my own personal life, I don't know how many things that I broke through on a personal level because at one point I had a teacher who told me I was smart, but I knew nothing about literature. And I was like, what a waste of fucking time. And she's like, no, she's like, no, you should, you need to read more. And, and like beyond like politics and these other interests, you should read literature. And I was like, why? And she's like, because it will help you solve some of the problems that you will inevitably face. And she was right. I would see, read my things about these issues that these characters have. And I was like, wait, hold on. If this writer wrote this 200 years ago and this character had the same, same feeling, well, even though I haven't really talked about it, my guess is that there's other people who are feeling the same thing. And I would start to talk about it. And then the, the uh, issue would go away. Cause I'm like, Oh wait, like it would take me to this like kind of deeper meaning or understanding about myself. Um, yeah, just kind of random kind of thought. Something else you talk a lot about is kind of core confidence and you have this core confidence challenge. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I do. Um, well, my core confidence challenge, I was in Santa Barbara and I made a, um, well in Santa Barbara, I, I do, we have, a, uh, I have a few friends who, who we make YouTube videos like prank videos uh, guys listening should search up naked guy picking up girls and watch that video. <laughs> so we're, we did that and we, we grew his channel from like 13,000 subscribers up to now. I think he has 125,000. So he's like, he's doing that for real and it's like blowing up and it's so much fun. So I was in California and uh, making videos with these guys and and, uh, and we were like, you know, cause you have to always like push your comfort zones you know, filming these videos and, you know, you get on all of these crazy adventures and you get to know all these people, you know, meet all these people all the time. And, and me and me and, uh, Luke, uh, you can find him on youtube.com slash gold jacket Luke. Um, we, uh, we decided to like create a, a confidence challenge, which is basically, uh, us, you know, going a bit, uh, in depth, uh, when it comes to confidence, but it's also like challenges along a six day course. Um, it became six days just because we were like writing down what we think would be perfect and it ended up being six days. So that's no particular reason you could do it over 12 days or, but it's just assignments and audios of me and him kind of like, uh, guiding you through a uh, six day core confidence challenge. Cool. Um, yeah. And we talk about themes just like we do now. What are some, what are some of those elements? Um, what we talked about then is, uh, you know, we talk about, um, yeah, we talk about, you know, uh, taking a look at your story and how you relate to your story. Kind of everyone has this, well, everyone has thoughts about their story, which is either empowering or disempowering. And so we're like, we're, 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 we're kind of guiding them through creating their new story. 
and you know relating new positive thoughts to their story because it's weird i've had probably now thousands of clients and and i've never met one person who doesn't feel like they are like they have their special story you know that's why all you know movies and books resonates with us because we're the main character here you know so so their special story even if you know, if they could have trouble in their family or they can be bullied or I've even had a bunch of clients who believe that their fault, their like error is that they don't have a bad story, <laughs> that they don't have character enough. Yeah, you know? I've experienced that, that too. They did, yeah. yeah, that they didn't come from a poor, you know, I had rich guys come to me like, oh, I got everything given to me. And that's my problem. And then I have poor people go, I didn't have anything given to me. And that's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's 100% true. Uh, and then in fact, it's all just thoughts, you know, it's really all just thoughts. It sounds so simple, but it's, well, thoughts, I'm not talking about your focus or attention. I'm talking about, it's just an experience. Yeah. It's just a literally, when you think about it, it's just, it, you create an experience and then that experience becomes real. And then you start believing that you're wrong because you had lots of money or, or no money or, you know, or got molested or whatever. I've, you know, people have crazy stories and, and so it's a, it's a, like a tool for them to tap into their crazy story and see what's empowering with yeah. it. That's good. How, so how does somebody do that? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> well, we go through it in a program, but it's like, uh, it's basically uh, sitting down and writing down with no filters in their head, writing down uh, their kind of like their, their main, main point, like main air, um, uh, happenings in their lives. And main, when I say main happenings, that's always different. Like you can, um, you can, you can have someone write down their main happenings in their life and then you talk to them for a couple of hours and then you realize that how did you make those things, the main events? Because it's funny because, and it's just because people uh, attach to thoughts, Yeah, you know, it's just because people attach to thoughts. So when I think of my childhood, I think of a certain different element, uh, events, uh, just because I've trained my head to think about those events when it comes to my story. So, um, uh, so you make them go through that exercise, write down their story. And then after that, um, um, you simply, uh, cause that's, that's an exercise in itself. Cause they're reflecting when they're writing. So they're like, should I write this? Should I not write this? And then they kind of like already reframing their own story while they're writing it the first time. And then, and then you have them reframe it or make it funny or make it engaging or, you know, create a movie out of it or a book or just like play with it. Kind of like just, you know, juggle it, play with it and make it a fun story instead of a disempowering. And for some people, it can be, di people are different. So somebody needs, you can tap into their, you can tap into their power and for some people they have their power when it comes to like um god you know they believe very strongly in god and you can be like oh, well how how what would jesus do you know and you can like kind of like how would this be in service of god if you can na 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 or other people have their empowerment in like uh, love 
you know, and then they can look at it and then they can relate it to love. And it's all really just the same. It's just taking uh, something disempowering and look at it from a different angle. I mean, it's so true. I think about like college essays, right? So someone's out there and they're 17 or maybe you remember when you're 16, 17, you're writing essays to school. At that point, you've been on the planet for 16, 17 years and like really conscious of, of your memories for 11, 12, 13 of those years. And you have to condense that life into 1500 words, <laughs> 2000 words. Or if you meet somebody for the first time and you're talking to them, you might feel like you need to convince, like, let's say it's a 30 year old man or 40 year old man or 50 year old man or 60 year old man. You're going to condense yeah. in, in that case, in the last case, 60 <laughs> years of your life, like uh, 56 of them with conscious, uh, conscious remembrance down into yeah. like, what would amount to a paragraph and a half <laughs> or two paragraphs. <laughs> so like there's so many things that you can choose to throw in there. I you know. don't have to talk about all the worst things that ever happened to you and they don't have to define you. Even if one of them was like emotionally like really traumatic to you or a couple more emotionally really traumatic. Yes. The things that you're talking about, about kind of, consciousness and awareness and the creation of thoughts is a hundred percent accurate, but, all, but it's, it's so much of it. It's just a choice of what you want to, what you're going to allow to find you. Yeah. And isn't that funny because people think that past is real and they think future is real. And even though we just like, we have only this, literally this moment and now it's gone and that's all we have. So when you're not thinking about something negative in your past, then that in that, in that moment does not exist. Like, it's just, it, it's that simple. Like you are, that's all we have. And then, well, you have memories and you have, you know, you can bring it back if you want, but like, uh, yeah, like you said, it does not define you at all. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say it made, it made me think of, uh, in junior high school, I had this Holocaust survivor come to my school and he was talking about, he had written this book. I don't even remember what the book was called, but it was the first kind of book I'd ever read or I'd heard of the Holocaust, but really became conscious of it. And he talked about all the horrific things This is in junior high school. He talked about all the horrific things that happened during the Holocaust. But he said, you still, even with all those horrific things that would happen, you would still have like kind of like good moments and bad. I mean, there's lots of really bad moments, but you had to like, you couldn't think about all the bad moments all the time, all the horrible things. You wouldn't be able to function as a human being. And it's like later on, people spent their entire lifetimes trying to process these experiences and get through them. And some people were able to do it uh, better than other people were able to do it. But he's like, the only way that you could survive that and then move on to be successful is to do exactly the things that you're talking about over the course of this interview. Mm. Mm. It's funny because you like, and when you talked about like condensing, uh, your story down to a few lines, I was like, it fit perfectly when you like, before this interview, you need a bio to like introduce me. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, you can do that bio. I could, I could tell you something completely different that would represent me on a different, in a different way, you know? Yeah. But your bio, your bio is good, you know, but it's like, it's impossible to condense, uh, so much 
stories into like just a few sentences so we just yeah have to make the best out of it for sure and yet we have to do it right like you still have to send that college essay you still have to send a cover letter for your job i still gotta find a way to get uh, the guys who are listening to this excited about you because you have such awesome content like uh so that they'll listen more than the first like 35 seconds (laughs) (laughs) and it's like and when when you talk to like when you meet girls and stuff and they ask so what do you like okay so what do you do like and 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 that that's a cool little maybe this will will be a cool little trick for for guys listening or something but i like when people ask me what i do well sometimes i just answer i'm a lifestyle coach or i do i'm an entrepreneur or whatever and and uh, but other times I think about the question and, and I think, what do I do? Well, I'm standing here talking to you, you know, <laughs> like, what do I do? I, 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 I go through life and create stories and I and I enjoy them. And then I I talk to people about life. You know, it's just you can when when people ask what you do, you don't have to go the traditional interview uh, way. You can or you can just like bluntly play with them and say, you don't you live in a box in the street and you just like go from there. Why not? You know? Uh, so, so, so that's actually a great way because that's a question that comes up all the time. Right. And kind of like predictable. Yeah. You can, when you start talking to people, that's kind that's one question that's kind of predictable. And if you have that as like a launching pad for going fucking, you know, start some crazy stories, then you can just like, uh, play with that question and see if you can find 20 different answers, you know, and then just like play with them in your next social setting. Go like, so what do you do? Uh, well, you know, I sleep, I'm awake and then I eat (laughs) and then, you know, I, I, I experienced this life for probably 80 years and then I die. What do you do? You know, you can just, you know, why not start there? (laughs) What's true. Right. Um, but I, I think you're right. A lot of guys, when they're, 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 someone asked them that, this question, no, they, they do what is arguably the worst thing. They give like a one word response or two word response that has no connection. Like a close. For example, yeah. someone says, what do you do? And they're like, I'm a computer programmer. I'm a software developer. I'm an engineer. And, and women have no clue <laughs> like that connects to them in no way. I mean, like something better to say would be like, you could do what you're doing, or if you really want to describe what you're doing, because eventually, like usually girls will ask you or women will ask you, or people will ask you, no, like, what do you actually do as a career? And they'll get mad at a certain point. Um, you yeah. tell them something like, I make like I, I lead a team of guys that helps develop the software to make sure that your money is in your account when it's supposed to be uh, or something mm. that like instead of saying I'm a software developer where they're just like, what the fuck is that? Like if you actually yeah. I think what you're saying is. I think it's awesome. I think it's fun. I think I'm going to make the interns do it tonight. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you get it, like kind of pigeonholed, the worst thing you can do, honestly, is 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 uh, just kind of say something like, "I'm an engineer. I'm a consultant. I'm an analyst. I'm a yeah. trader." And, and girls are just like, "What does that mean?" I'm, I'm a trader. Where's the nearest exit? Girls <laughs> <laughs> are screaming. The, the only, yeah, well, go ahead. Yeah, why not make it fun, right? Yeah. While we're here, why not? make it playful. I mean, life really isn't that serious. It's not like it's, it's not, it's just isn't, it's not. If you want lie as much as you can, then just tell them afterwards, I just lied. The whole thing was a <laughs> complete and utter lie. And they'll, they'll laugh of it. You know, why not? 
you know, as long as you're, you end up being honest, it's all good. As long as you're just having fun, you know, and, 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 and spreading joy, uh, to other people, then, then, then why, why say you're a computer engineer when that's one of the most boring jobs for girls to listen to, you know, they're, I, I've never met a girl that's interested in, in someone guy's job being a computer engineer, but that, maybe that's just me. Who knows? Unless he just exited on a startup and she can't pay her rent. There you go. <laughs> or maybe she's a geek too. That probably happens. For, no, for sure. There's definitely, there is definitely kind of, uh, that element. And, and yeah. it's funny. Cause I mean this, I would say the exceptions where somebody says like, I'm a trader and it works well is if one, she's trying to get into trading two, she's already in the industry or three, like her dad or somebody close to her was in the industry, mm. but she has to have some type of association with what it is yeah. that you're saying. And so it goes so much back to the things that we've been talking about through the course of this conversation that you got to be in the moment. You got to pay attention to them. You got to clear your, essentially like get comfortable with your thoughts. And it's such a, hard thing it's so natural like it's it's like the what we are all attracted well most of us are attracted men are attracted to women naturally uh, we want companionship we want great people around us yeah. we want to connect with other human beings we want sex we want love we want to be able to guide other people and kind of be leaders or father figures or have other people respect us in our community these are such innate feelings mm. but so often mm -hmm. uh we create all these mental constructs to make them a lot more difficult than they are yeah well the, the, yeah it's so true well just remember you know for guys just remember that connection really is already there it really is already there girls want to connect like girls they connect like the when they're the happiest i've seen like some 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 study or some paper about this like girls they tend to you know con when they're the happiest they are around lots of people so they they love to connect they love to talk that's why they go and drink coffee at a coffee shop and just talk about you know gossip and blah blah blah, blah. they just connect through connecting or talking. So, so, so women, they want to connect. They're probably even more horny than you are. It's just <laughs> not that obvious. And, <laughs> and, uh, and they're definitely not dangerous. And your experience is not dangerous either because it's all thought generated. Martin, this has been absolutely incredible. I'm about out of time. So I got to wrap this up. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And if you're listening, you want to learn more, more uh, about Martin, his blog, his products, his coaching, his conferences, uh, we're going to post some links in the Craft Charisma website and within the description of this podcast so you can get at him more easily. You can learn about him uh, more easily. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. It's dating coach Chris Thona here. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And we absolutely love making this podcast. We make this podcast for you. So if there's somebody that you want on the show, let me know. I will yell, scream, stand in front of their house, do everything I do to get them on the show for you. Also, don't hesitate to follow the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher. You can also give us a shout out through social media, Facebook, Twitter, share it with your friends. And lastly, go to the Craft Christmas website and create an account. There you can talk about the podcast and kind of communicate with me directly. So thank you again for taking time to listen. You will hear again from me soon.